Good evening, Patriots, and it's Wednesday, April 6th in the year 2022. We are really in a crazy time that is continuing to stress our environments and stress us immensely. So this is something we're going to kind of dissect a little bit tonight and kind of looking at the overall picture of how crazy this world is and what it's going to take to get through it. In the meantime, make sure you are keeping your immune system strong and boosted. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Patriots, one of the biggest challenges we have is the multiple of things that are coming to a head at once and the requirement that each one of us has to make sure that we have a strong foundation that we're working from. That's going to require that each person take a real solid look at their lives. And as I've gone through many times, the seven pillars of county by county are fundamentally built around a scriptural principle of just being strong and self-reliant as God intends. One of the big things that we are going to face is the various forms of loss of buying power. And that's already happening. So if you have not begun to set aside things and get some preparations going, or if you have preparations to do, continue. Don't hesitate. There's one thing that I just keep having put on my heart in my prayer. It's don't hesitate. Take a listen to this. We could end up with something like 1970s style stagflation where we continue to see inflation with a slowing economy. Let's unpack what that experience would be like. Economy slowing. There's less job openings. People are spending less money while... The prices of goods and services continue to go up. That's why, they spend, that's why they spend less money. And that's why there's a recession. Like, I mean, you're paying six bucks for gas. You have less money to go out for dinner every week, right? You pay twice as much for an airplane ticket. You don't spend as much on the hotel. The rippling effects of the rate of inflation are decreased spending. And there isn't enough time for the new job creation engine to catch up. Without a stimulus effect, you're in trouble. That's really the situation we're in, and that's what you know can kind of cause these stagflationary effects to drag on. These things that they're all talking about are important to grasp, and it's and really get into your lifestyle to understand what we're trying to prepare for. Obviously, at center of all these things, it never comes up in any of these conversations, is the perspective of where are we in relation to God. 
And that's one of the big problems in this current time is that we are all too many, I wouldn't say we, too many are completely focused on the end and doom and loss of buying power when all of those things are an antithesis to what God wants us to be anyway. God wants us to trust in him, the most principal issue ever. So there's a combination of looking scripturally and where all this fits in. And that's why I go back to Joseph and filling the silos or Noah building the ark. There's no question that God has asked asked us over our history of man to prepare for times when things will become difficult or will there become some form of judgment or there'll become some form of upheaval. But the biggest thing is not to get so wrapped around it that you feel anxiety. If there's ever a issue right now of the revealing of how lost we are as a nation, it is the concept of this war that's being waged by a sexually deviant group of people across the globe. This group has put upon themselves to decide that we should become like them and lose our relationship with God. Consider this post by Tim Young. The post says, are you paying attention? Listen to these statistics. This was on Twitter. Tim runs his mouth. Tim Young, blue check. Disney has has had employees arrested for child sex crimes in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. In other words, at least once a year for the past decade. So why are we continuing to be surprised about the pedophile culture? If we're walking with God and we're paying attention to what he's asked us to do in terms of nurturing our lives and our families, these sorts of things should not be coming as a shock to us, and yet they are. Candace Owens wrote today, We are legitimately facing a pandemic of pedophilia in this country. The courts are too soft, the institutions entrusted with our children are engaged in active grooming, and many parents are too distracted to see what is plainly unfolding in our overtly hypersexualized culture. That key word is distracted. Distracted from what? It's all of these other things that people are freaking out about when at the center pivot of everything we should be doing is beginning our day and running our life with God at the center. Our relationship through Christ to the Father is always going to be that anchor, that rock, that clarity, and that discernment that we need in everything that we do. Take a listen to this piece by InfoWars, 4 minutes, 7 seconds, on Kananji, or whatever her name is, Jackson, the Supreme Court Justice. This is stunning. Meet your new Supreme Court judge, Ketanji Jackson. In every single case involving child pornography, Judge Ketanji Jackson has been lenient and openly sympathetic with the perpetrators of child rape pornography. Christopher Michael Downs openly bragged about molesting his 13-year-old cousin. He was arrested for trading videos of child rape, including children as young as two years old. Judge Jackson gave him the absolute bare minimum sentence. Ryan Manning Cooper was arrested for having more than 600 images involving the rape and torture of children, including infants and toddlers, which is why the prosecutors made it clear that the case was on the more egregious or extreme spectrum. 
But Judge Jackson disagreed and ruled that distributing images of infants and toddlers being raped is not especially egregious. Wesley Keith Hawkins posted videos of 11-year-old boys being raped by men. Jackson only gave him three months, sent him to a low-security prison, arranged for special protections, and apologized to him, telling him that she feels so sorry for him and his family and for the anguish that this has caused all of them. In explaining her light sentence, Judge Jackson argued for the child pornographer's future potential. Six years later, he was arrested again for distributing child rape porn, and Jackson resentenced him to only six months in a residential reentry center. Neil Alexander Stewart was arrested with hundreds of images and videos of child rape while trying to procure children between the ages of 5 and 11 to rape them. Judge Jackson admitted that the felon was likely to reoffend, but still gave a light sentence, arguing that the current recommendations for child sex offenders is outdated and substantially flawed. Three years later, Stewart reoffended. This is how Judge Jackson got her start. In 2009, President Obama nominated her to vice chair the U.S. Sentencing Commission, where she helped weaken federal sentencing policy for child pornographers by arguing that child pornographers are not pedophiles. Which is similar to how Hillary Clinton got her start when she defended a group of men who violently gang-raped a child and later joked how she knew they were guilty. It's also very interesting that when the biggest pedophile scandal in history broke, Judge Jackson was there. After WikiLeaks released the Podesta emails, millions of people were asking questions about a strange coded language being used between President Obama, Hillary Clinton, and their friends. A code that seemed to reflect what the FBI says is secret code for pedophiles. The whole sordid mess became known as Pizzagate, and when the Fed's cleanup operation ended up in the courts, Judge Ketanji Jackson was there to help tidy it all up. I'm sure this is all just a coincidence. Just like it was a coincidence that the world's most infamous pedophile blackmail artist killed himself in jail while the guards were surfing the internet. And just like it's a coincidence that Congress has paid out millions of dollars in court settlements that involve sexual assault. In some parallel universe, there may be an Earth that protects its children from pedophiles and other child predators, but not this one. On this Earth, we pay them taxes and sacrifice our children to them. I hope you heard Reporting those last for words. Infowars, this is Greg Reese. In some other parallel universe, there may be an earth that protects their children, but not in this one. Those words hurt, they're true, and they strike home to every person that is a believer. We know better, all of us, and we have to do better. That is a painful truth. Let me read you this piece. It's a reminder of just some of the tools of truth we can be using. This is by Martyr Maid on Twitter. Do not back off the word groomer. When you drill down, these people always end up defending policies designed to sexualize children. So shove groomer down their throats. 
they celebrate and sell this to wrap their minds of to warp the minds of the vulnerable children. If you run into somebody, and I don't care if they are a friend, if they are a family member or a stranger that is defending this action of Disney and any of these other groomers, teachers, call them what they are. We are in a righteous fight and a righteous fight of truth. Call them what they are. They are groomers. And if they don't like it, that's too bad. Back it up with scripture. Oh, wait a minute. Look at this. I've got a great scripture. Romans 1, 18 to 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or gave thanks to him, but they gave became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For, the reason, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations with those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with a passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the dual penalty of their heir. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but get approval to those who practice them, but give approval to those who practice them. Patriots, I don't think there's really a lot of room here in God's world for these sort of pedophiles and not calling them out. We, there, is a, there is a necessity to be clear about what, where we stand. And I say that too from our own testimony that will ultimately come in heaven. We don't have an, we have an obligation. We don't have a right to ignore it. We have an obligation to call it out as it is. One of the most direct ways is to identify these people as groomers because that is exactly what they are. Sinful groomers indeed. These people openly go out and groom children so that either they themselves or others can find ways to use them and exploit them. And it ripples across our entire society. 
The sick part about this is right now is this is the latest and biggest distraction on one level, and yet perhaps it's not. We have to be very multitasked and multitasking at this point in time, multifaceted and multitasking. We have to keep our eyes on the various threats that are emerging because it is our duty to protect children, to protect our families, and to protect those who have no voice or have no way of protecting themselves, like our elderly. We have to do better in all of those ways. If there's anything that we constantly need to repent for, it is this, in my opinion. And I will tell you that saying a swear word once in a while or slipping up on things like that in having a bad thought, they are dwarfed by the magnitude of inaction by our society as a whole as believers of allowing children to be exploited and not being more aggressive about it. That is where the true repentance, in my opinion, rests because children are our gift as elderly are our responsibility to ensure that they are protected and we have to do better. There's no question about that. And we are doing better if we are constantly putting it before God and letting him guide us. That's the one strong piece. Remember 1 Peter 2, 15 to 16, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover for evil, but living as servants of God. That seems fairly clear. And that we have been given the gift of hearing the truth. And since we hear the truth, we have an obligation to act on the truth in the way that God would lead us. The most powerful and profound thing we can do is to be clear about the truth in the public space. If a person is defending these actions, then they are themselves a groomer, an enabler and a groomer. And that's not a, a, it's maybe uncomfortable for them to hear. They may become angry to hear such a thing. They may deny it. That's fine. Truth hurts. But our children need to be protected, and we need to elevate this as much as we can to greater levels of hearing to strip away the scales that are on people's eyes and to unplug the hearing that they need to hear these words and ultimately break the hardening of their hearts. This is a very critical time in our nation. But the thing is, it's not just limited here. There's a piece I'm not going to play tonight because it's inappropriate but I have put it up in the Bards FM family room on Telegram. It is a piece from an Australian parliamentary member who was notified by a parent of the questions that their daughter in third grade was expected to ask their father things about a personal sexual nature. The daughter was supposed to question her father on his personal sexual habits Very personal, in fact. This is unbelievable. And why I'm bringing this up is that a war that's being fought against us, the war that's being waged against children to turn children into their prize, their their selection, their harvest, 
their mass grooming isn't just happening here. It's happening on a global scale because the pedophiles have seized control of the institutions. Kentanji Jackson doesn't get to be a contender for the Supreme Court unless those in majority around her see that it's beneficial to put a pedophile favorable judge on the bench, which most likely she is a pedophile herself. Those of the kind seek out their own kind, and this is exactly why they build this grooming. This entire grooming system has been structured to groom many around them which now the majority of these groomers, the majority of these subjects are all bannered under one common flag, the LGBTQAI plus rainbow flag, which now has multiple divisions. If you've checked that out lately, it's insane. They are bannering under that so that they can continue to groom more, which are your children, this country's children. They are seeking to groom them to make them part of their cult to perpetuate their power. That has to stop. Galatians 5, 13 to 18. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not, and will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I'm led by the Spirit. I guess that means I'm not under the law of man. And that's important to grasp. These sorts of things can get confusing, especially when we start talking about loving thy neighbor. But I don't think it's confusing at all when we get down to the sin. When you start talking about grooming children, there's no love I'm going to extend to a groomer. It is, if anything, that groomer needs to seek repentance through Christ. And they need to find their way back. If you have the heart to try to work with them, bless you. I have the heart to call them out what they are, groomers. And this ends, this ends when they stop being the groomer pedophiles that they're acting like and emulating or are. It's hard to say anymore. Our children are the prize to protect. And as a nation, we have no future if we don't protect our children. And we have even less of a future if we don't preserve and protect our elderly. And this is where we are. It would be much easier. I'd be very honest. I had this exact conversation earlier tonight. And what I said is it would be so simple if we found out that every one of these pedophiles and these freaks were aliens. We'd just be like, okay, good, aliens. Let's terminate them all. Unfortunately, they're not, at least not that we know of yet. They may be demon-possessed, I have no idea, but I will tell you this, what we are dealing with in the flesh from what we see are just people like that are supposed to be human but are not at the core because they have lost their principal moral base, which is their relationship with God and through Christ Jesus, they have forgotten their way. Can they be saved? Probably. 
but it is, and I would just say maybe. But in the meantime, we're not going to get there by simply forgiving this simple act. This is not an act that God himself says is forgivable. This is an act of a millstone. So the point is that we have a role in all of this to call them out, to be vocal about it, and not let it be hidden anymore. They have to be called for what they are. And if that is a process that they're uncomfortable with, I am sorry. They've earned the title. It has to happen. We have a great deal of responsibility in this age, a responsibility that weighs on us every day. And like I said, we have looming issues coming at us. These issues that God is calling us to, in my opinion, to prepare for a storm. And that storm deals with food shortages, famine. It deals with water shortages, fuel shortages, all sorts of shortages, the loss of buying power. Now, if we take a step back and take a deep breath and look at this, it's actually amazing what's happening. This system, this Babylonian system is collapsing, a system which we accepted to at some point in our life, everybody in the world has accepted this system to trade in that system, to be participant in that system, to be subjected to the system, to be subject of the system, to be enslaved by the system. But God is giving us plenty of warning here to prepare. And the system and foundations of the system, which were ultimately built on the foundations of sand, are beginning to crumble as this storm rolls in. I have no doubt in my heart that all that stand boldly with Christ and continue to be diligent in our pursuit of his love and Father's love will be fine. It isn't to say we will not have to endure some challenges, but we will get through this. The most important thing, however, in all of this is that we are diligent in those duties of preparing so that as we continue to go through this, we can exist outside of this system of control and enslavement which they want to construct and build, which we can see very clearly that the intention of that is to put a high focus on children and children exploitation, grooming, and ultimately they're using the children for their pleasure. That's the sick world in which they seem willing and excited to build. If we make the choice to ignore it, we make the choice not to do anything about it, we are as guilty as them. This is where community becomes so important. It becomes essential that we come together as patriots, that we come together as God's children, walking together, trying to help one another, elevate up one another, because we're essentially building two very different worlds, and they're happening right before us. One world is built on massive enslavement, obedience, and ultimately the exploitation of children. We can see that. All of that is clear. It promises things like extended life through meta. It promises things like perfect, easy income through a universal basic income and a digital ID, which will monitor and track every single thing you do. That's its promise. We call that the wide gate. On the narrow gate, we have something a bit more challenging. We don't know exactly how we're going to get through some of these navigations of payment hubs. We don't know exactly what's going to be available or not, but we know that if we continue to pursue and grow and do what we need to do in our own homes, that we'll have at least sustenance enough to get through. But this is what we absolutely do know. 
that in our trust with God, he will provide all things, the wisdom, the knowledge, and in the end, even I would say even if we, it was needed, mana would be there. We are in that significant break in time. Our world is based on unlimited potential. Our world is based on love and paying forward into a world where we're caring and giving to one another to raise up the many. That isn't to say universalism of any kind, but to where we, as, as we come together in a more a merit-driven world where we work hard to build into something better for the world, we're working to elevate each other. That's the world we're trying to build. And that means everything we do has to be geared towards separating from the world which they want to pull us into. It's very clear, and if you look, it's very much before us. There's something else to pay attention to. It is interesting to note, you can draw whatever conclusions you want from this, that most of the people, if not all, that are walking in this place of supporting these groomers supporting these activities of a pedophile culture, most of them have been fully vaxxed. Most of them have given their obedience already to the system. Many of them are not preparing at all. Many of them believe in the fiction and the illusions of this current president. Many of them believe in all of the lies that are constructed around division and hate that they call progressivism. Many of them believe in the myth of environmental warming. That's their world. I don't see that as a world that leads to positive ends. Those worlds, ultimately, if we're going to defend our world, that means we keep from participating in any way in theirs. We have to cut off one of their main resources, which are the children. And when you sever them from the children, they don't have an ability to reproduce. Most of them will become sterilized, either by the vax or by the gender flips that they love to do. It's a self-terminating world. It's one of the reasons that genetics becomes so important to them. This is a place where we now have to hold stronger and stronger in our walk. And we cannot deviate. We are doing a walk to literally exodus that world. And it's a walk of exodus that will demand of us the obedience to God, not to their system. This is a little different piece. It's on income tax. But I want you to listen carefully because this is all, again, part of the great illusion that we're living under. One night in, uh, maybe in early June, one of my pastor clients called. It was night. It was about 9 o'clock at night. And she said, you know what? I think it was maybe a Wednesday night after her Wednesday night service. She said, uh, I've got this par- parishioner that just keeps bugging me about this income tax. She's talking about that we're not liable for the income tax, and she wants to talk to you. Can I give this lady your telephone number? And I said, uh, okay. So maybe about 10 minutes later, this lady called me. She said, uh, I have a question for you. Are we supposed to pay income tax or not? And I said, okay. Do you want the cuffed answer or do you want the real answer? She said, I want the real answer. I said, well, I really don't know. You know, even though I'm a former IRS agent, I haven't done the research, but I hear that there's a credible body of evidence out there that says that we don't owe income So a few weeks later, she called me again and she said, Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson, remember that information I told you on the phone? 
It's in the USA Today. It says, Dear We the People, most citizens are not required to file an income tax return. The 16th Amendment to the Constitution is a fraud, and if you file, you waive your Fifth Amendment rights. I said, okay, that's some of the stuff she was saying. Now, this is a lot of reading, but I kept reading because I was very interested, you know, being a CPA and into fraud and all that. I wanted to see what was going on. So here in the third column, it says no one has been able to collect the $50,000 reward offered by Bill Conklin to anyone that can identify the section of the Internal Revenue Code that makes a typical worker liable for the income tax. No one can prove, and it's a true statement, no one can prove. There's a willful compliance that's been built into our lives, a willful compliance of not questioning but just being obedient. One of those conditioning agents has been the taxes. Obedient, because people are afraid and fearful of what might become. You know, it wasn't a problem when the colonists were breaking away from England. It was the tax man. Tar and feathering was a common way of expressing their love for the tax. We have to break the patterns of obedience to systems like this. We are living in a time when obedience has become the way forward, and it's been driven a great deal by the progressive concept. Progressives build groups, a collective of people and thinking, and they divide society up into collectives. Each collective is expected to have a monolithic way of thinking. And if you deviate from that group think, you are now ostracized from that collective. You're canceled. And if you are part of a group that doesn't obey with the main body of the collective, that whole group will be canceled. You'll be designated a terrorist, a threat, a variety of other things. That's not the way God's world works. God's world is built on the individual of that all ties in with the greater body of Christ. We are all connected, but at the same time, built perfectly in his image and unique in ourselves. That's the measure of liberty. And that is what we are ultimately fighting for, to restore this. One of the greatest things that Americans have had in this last two years, which has not been given much credit, is the fact that in a dysfunctional and almost non-existent government, a government that has turned on it has become almost pure tyranny. We have managed to survive just fine. We haven't been reliant on the government much, a lot less than we had in the past. And overall in the communities, in most communities across the nation, other than the darkness of the inner cities, we have seen a steady, if not improved way of life. That can be argued by many, I know, especially if you live in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Atlanta, all the cities. But we've been walking this path increasingly closer to God as a, as a whole of those that are not participant in this other tyranny. And that gives us a great deal of strength. This has been our conditioning period. It's been our preparation period. We haven't hit the main war yet. That's coming. And the war that is to come is going to need for us to continue that solid walk in faith, that essential walk where we do not deviate at all from our love and obedience to Christ. Whatever issues we each have right now need to be cleaned up. We need to get that clarity with Father and where he wants us to be. 
That's why I say many times, listen, build that intimate relation, because right now where you are is most likely where God wants you. And in spite of all this noise and things that are going on, each one of us has a very critical role to play in right now in influencing and awakening the people to the truth. We have to bring that awakening into the world. There's going to be a shakeup one way or another. I have no idea if that's the return of Christ. I don't make those predictions. If you do, you do that at your own risk. Because it's been very clear and made very clear that no one will know the time other than Father. But what I, what I do know is that the work that we have to do is enormous. The need to extend out the knowledge, the awareness, and to awaken the hearts to Christ is phenomenal. I spoke with somebody today that runs a farm, and they do their ministry through internships at the farm. It was a, it's a brilliant story. I'll be visiting them soon. And they talk about how they were initially when they laid out this idea that they had sought out believers, but God put it on their heart not to, instead to seek out seekers. I love this because what the word is, is that believers need a bit of a, as we discussed, believers sometimes need a bit of a tune-up, but seekers need to find the way. And so they function their ministry through internships on farming. And in doing so, most people that leave, leave with a love in Christ. Each one of us is a sower of seeds. Each one of us is a farmer in our own communities. And we need to be regaining that prominence within our local space. It is no longer the way to simply turn to the church and say, fix it for us, any more than it is to turn to a government to say, fix it for us. If anything that has been shown to us in the last two years, as all of these reals, all of these realities have been open to our eyes, as the shadows have dropped and we've been able to see truly what's in the darkness and once exposed to light, it's no longer darkness. What we have seen is the level of corruption and infiltration that has happened across every institution in this nation. We have also seen the greatness of the hearts of Americans across this great land and across the world. We've seen many people of the same. The answer is always before us. It is us. And it's us right now to make the stand, to push back with truth, to be defiant to these systems, to stand boldly and walk together, not at ever to feel alienated. I watch these pictures, these videos coming out of Shanghai, where people are welded into their apartment complexes. They're screaming at night in anger and some in pain. Some are jumping out of buildings, killing themselves. And I ask myself a simple question. What's wrong with them? There are more of them than the government, and yet they are still afraid of the government, and yet they're willing to commit suicide by jumping out of a window. There's something wrong with that picture. Do you want to die in defiance of a government to build up liberty for the people and do so in the name of Christ Jesus? Or do you want to commit suicide and die alone over a stupidness of not having the unity with one another? We have the numbers. We have all the power we need. All we have to do is continue the march together and to show the strength that we have in the unity through Christ. There is nothing these people can do. 
We need to work together. When it comes to children, we need to be working with our neighbors to help them who can't necessarily break from a job to educate their children at home. We need to make them aware of the threats. If a parent decides to let their child be continue to be inoculated into this cult, that is a decision and a burden and a sin that they will have to carry. But we at least have to make the offer and help organize a community to build the fill the gaps where some parents can't afford to take their children out. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's just the time at job. But those opportunities, there's so much opportunity for us to do great things right now. And working together, bringing the communities together, being the bridge builders that we can be, that's where we gain tremendous connectivity and we bring the tremendous love of God into the space. And if we're trusting in God, those things will happen. The more that we're leaning on him, asking him for that guidance, the more that those doors will open and be ready for when they do because they will open widely by, he will open doors that only he can open. And when they do, they open up brilliantly. But to put that trust there, take the initiative, seek for the guidance of God, push forward into this space, put your heart out there, Give God the vision of what you're seeking. And sometimes it won't be anything close to what you think, but it will be just as great and magnificent and greater, in fact, than anything you could imagine. This is the time when we need to be taking action, being active in our communities, being active in our lives, and asking God to push us into that next level, not being hesitant at all. There is no time to hesitate. This enemy is on the march, and it's coming. It's coming hard. It's in the open. We can see it. A good warrior takes that challenge. A good warrior that's seeing the enemy come is getting his battle kit ready, making sure his sword is sharpened, making sure his boots are tightened, making sure his quiver is full, making sure his armor's on tight. He's getting his ranks ready, connecting with one another, getting ready for the fight, and then watching the enemy move and coming up and listening to what God gives as our great commander of how to maneuver on the battlefield. And when we maneuver the way God wants, I guarantee you the enemy will be slain and dropped to its knees. That's our mission. And this is the army that we have to conquer. This attacking enemy that's going after the children and has been already waging war against our elderly. It must stop. And it will stop if we put that trust in God and we stand boldly together and ask God for the guidance, watch how this battle is won. It will be glorious. It will be biblical. Let us pray. Father, in this time when there is so much chaos on the battlefield, where an enemy is constantly trying to seed, dissent, seed, deception, seed, division, using predatorial behaviors on the children, using ruthless attacks on our elderly. Father, hear our prayers. We're here on this battlefield. We are here with a sharpened sword. We are here with a spear in our hand and a quiver full. Our armor's on tight. Our boots are tight. Our helmet is on and we're ready for this fight. Father, lead us. Direct us into the maneuvers on the ground. Point us in how you want us to attack. Lead us 
as we must. Jesus, we see your banner. We are under the banner and we are committed to this fight. It is time now that we wage the war. We are ready. And yes, we are patient, O Lord. We are patient. But we are also ready to take action. Everything is in place. Our heart is in the right place. For all of us that have burdens to put before you, we will kneel before you and we seek the repentance for those burdens. We equally seek repentance for the burdens of this nation, the sins of this nation that are so deep they run within the soil deeper than we can reach. But Father, help us heal this land. Help us raise this land up to once again restore it to the glory it was intended to be, to the glory it must be to put you back on the throne. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We need the strength of prayers. We need the conviction of the warrior. We need the fires of righteousness in each other's hearts. If there's anything that should bring us together, it should be, it should have been the elderly. But since that has been a slow burn, let that be part of the slow burn and let the awakening of the attack on children be the thing that lights the fires in massive ways. We now have to take a stand. We don't have an option. God doesn't tolerate weakness. Especially when we've been given the task to steward. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into this fight. Prayers up, patriots. We need a lot of prayers for the fires of righteousness to burn mighty within your hearts. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. But he has us here in this time and this place for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for bended knee 1 p.m pacific until then or until the next time god bless good night thank you and out for now all this time we had to prove that we could stand here too all the nights been pushing through fight for all we had to lose reaching out for something
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.